Just a couple of Wednesday nights ago, I um, was reading from the Song of Solomon on a Wednesday night for our prayer time, and it hit me that day that I could never remember preaching a sermon from the book of the Song of Solomon. And so today, let's turn to the Song of Solomon in chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. And if you are physically able to join me again in standing as we read from God's holy word. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. My beloved is mine, and I am his. He grazes among the lilies until the day breathes and the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, be like a gazelle or a young stag on cleft mountains. May God bless the reading of his word today. You may be seated. If we all are honest, we will admit to periods of our lives where we have grown distant and cold in our relationship with Jesus Christ. That happens at different levels because people are at different levels in their relationship with Jesus Christ. But the truth is, whether you drift for an hour or a half a day or for weeks or years, we all, if we're honest, will drift and admit today that there are times where we are not in close communion with our Lord. Last night I went to pick Trey and Marley up from the airport, at the Bluegrass Airport, and I was there early and I saw a lot of people giving long embraces as one person was about to depart and another stay behind. I saw that several times and I thought, you know, when I go on a trip and I'm going to be gone for any lengthy amount of time, uh, I do. I embrace my children and my wife or tell them I love them and bid them goodbye. We do that. We do that with friends and family, loved ones. We bid them goodbye. You know, that's really not the case in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We just drift. We don't say, now Lord, I bid you goodbye for a period of time. I will return. We don't do that. But we just drift. And we fall away from where we once held close communion with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Most of the time, it's never planned. We just drift. We just move. Other times, it might not even be that we necessarily drift. We're striving to to keep close communion with Christ But there are times that we just do not sense His presence in our lives like at other times. We wonder, where is my beloved gone? And we cry out like so many of the psalmists. See, every year has a winter as well as a summer, amen? And every day, even with its most beautiful sunshine, has a night where it is dark. In the text today, Song of Solomon is just that, a song that King Solomon wrote about the love relationship between a man and a woman. But it is also a picture of a greater love between God and His people. 
a love relationship. We see here that she says, my beloved is mine. The bride is claiming that the groom is hers. And she said, and I am his. I belong to him. He grazes, or that could mean he pastures his flock. He's got his flock grazing among the lilies. What we're saying is here, they're not together at this point, and it's causing pain. Until the day breathes and the shadows flee, she says, turn, turn towards me. There is a break in our relationship. Turn, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag on cleft mountains. Here we see that communion between the bride and the groom has been broken. There has been a drifting, and pain is now coming into the life of the bride as she realizes that she is not close to her beloved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again we come to You, and I simply ask You, Lord, to hide me not only behind the cross, but behind these words, behind Your Word, Heavenly Father. And Lord, that people in this assembly today, including myself, will draw near to You, and You will draw near to us. And today, we will truly have communion. Amen. Communion between the bride and the groom has been broken. And the truth of the matter is this, to those who have truly given their lives to Jesus Christ at some point in their life, believing that He is the Redeemer, He is the only way of salvation, He is the only way to be restored in our relationship with a holy and righteous God. Once that transaction has taken place, that redemption brought upon that believing person, and they are sealed with the Holy Spirit until Christ returns. The truth is this, that we are not truly happy when communion is broken from Him. We might be for a season... Uh, we know that the Scriptures teach us that there is pleasure in sin for a season. The season for some might be short, might be long. And we might find pleasure in our broken communion as we are distracted by the things of the earth and the world. But the truth is this, that we are not truly happy as the Holy Spirit dwells within us and we are grieving the Holy Spirit As time goes on, whether it be a short amount of time or a long amount of time, as time goes on, we find ourselves cold and bitter towards life, unhappy, because we are not where we are called to be. We are not close to the groom as his bride, the church. We are not in close communion with him. We are not in close fellowship with him. And we know that, and we know that we were saved for something much greater than what this world has to offer, and just living life for ourselves and going our own way. We might be happy for a while, but eventually we realize that all joy is gone from our life. Even though we stray, and we all do, again, to some point, to some degree in our lives, 
even though we stray, at some point in the life of a true and genuine Christian, there is going to be a desire to return to Him. This is an older story. I do remember this. I was uh, a young person. But I do remember this scandal that came across our nation. Some of you will remember it from 1987. Others of you uh, weren't even a twinkle in your daddy's eye at that point. And that's okay, but listen to the heart of the story because it, it shows what we're speaking of this morning. In 1987, Donna Rice was involved in a scandal with presidential hopeful Gary Hart. She accompanied Hart, who was a married man on a pleasure cruise to the Bahamas on a yacht called Monkey Business. At the time, Donna Rice was a backslidden Christian. As a freshman in high school, Rice received Christ at a Cliff Barrows crusade. How many of you remember Cliff Barrows? Yeah. She received Christ there, and through high school, her life revolved around choir and youth group, mission trips, and inviting friends to church. When she went away to college, though she gradually compromised to the point where she was far from God. Then the Gary Hart scandal put her and her picture on the front page of newspapers and magazines across the country. Her life fell apart. She resigned her job, and she was hounded by the press. She was offered millions to tell her story. As she wrestled with what to do, her mother and grandmother said something to Rice that would seem obvious. Before you make any decisions, get your life straight with God. But it wasn't obvious to Rice. She says, I was stunned because I hadn't yet realized I could put the entire mess in his hands. Then Rice's mother gave her a recording from a former youth group friend that said this, Donna, I imagine you're in a lot of pain right now, and I just want you to know that God loves you, and I love you. Rice recalls that when she began to share songs that they had used to sing together, she collapsed on the floor of her apartment and sobbed, said, I knew I and no one else was responsible for my choices. I cried out, God, it took falling on my rear in front of the whole world to get my attention. Help me to live my life your way. And God answered her plea by flooding her with His presence and forgiveness and by surrounding her with Christian fellowship. Once close to Christ and then so greatly drifted from Him. And yet, in the time of tragedy and confusion, her heart desired, like the bride in our verse today, turn to me. Turn to me. And sometimes the way back is difficult, isn't it? Let's not act like it is easy. There are many obstacles in our way at times, even when we do desire to come back unto the Lord. And for many people, those obstacles keep them from turning back to the Lord because they might think things will never be like they once were. I can never get out of the situation that I am right now. Notice this, that she says that there are cleft mountains between her and her lover. 
There are cleft mountains between the bride and the groom. And she sees those mountains. And they look so unsurpassable to her in her strength. There are consequences to our choices that become like mountains to us. And we look at those mountains and there is a struggle to come back even when our soul is drawing us back to the Lord. It's always easier to go downhill than uphill. Amen? And we find ourselves when we go downhill in a dark, flooded valley. It once looked plush and beautiful, and we found beautiful streams in the valley that gave us pleasures. But then the night came, and it drew dark and cold upon us, and we shivered. And then the valley became flooded by fierce rains, and we're looking up at the mountains, and the struggle is real. We know that we need to return to our groom, Jesus Christ, and our soul desires to turn to the groom, our Savior, Jesus Christ. But the obstacles are so many, and the mountains are so high. Well, good news, my brother and my sister. When we turn to Him, calling for Him, He will turn to us. He will not reject His beloved. The bride says, turn my beloved. Turn to me. The mountains are too high. I do not have the strength to remove them or to climb them. Turn to me. As we have stated today in James 4, 8, a beautiful promise written by the half-brother of Jesus Christ, who knew the heart of Jesus Christ. And he said, draw near unto God, and He will draw near unto you. He comes to us when we cannot come to Him. Notice how the bride again says, turn, my beloved, be like the gazelle, be like the young stag that can climb the mountains easily that can pass over them. I cannot come to you. I desire to be restored in my relationship with you. I miss you, but I've strayed and drifted so far. I cannot bear to climb these mountains of my own strength. Would you be like the gazelle? Would you tread upon the mountains and come to me? Would you be like the stag and pass over the mountains and come to your beloved? And isn't this a picture of the gospel? Isn't this the good news of the gospel? Isn't this the story of Christianity? That we could not in our sin come to a holy and righteous God upon our own strength, upon our own goodness, upon our own works. We could not build that bridge. We could not build a tower high enough to get to God upon our own works. But when we could not come to Him, God stretched His righteous right hand down to the earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And God came in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. This is a picture of the Gospel. And then, not only that, but God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, then lived among us in a perfect and holy and righteous manner. 
not allowing the temptations of this world to stain his purity. And there he gave his life. He gave his blood as an offering to buy our redemption. There he gave up his body to hang upon a tree broken and bruised because he loved us. This is the gospel that the gazelle climbed the mountains and came to us because we could not pass through the mountains. This is the gospel that the young stag climbed the mountains and came to us because we were not strong enough to come to him and we realized that we had drifted so far from what God had designed for our life. And there Jesus Christ gave up his flesh and blood as a sacrifice that we might then have a bridge to walk across to be in fellowship with our Creator, with the One that gave us life, gives us eternal life, and gives us abundant life through Jesus Christ. And we receive that today by faith. This is the difference between Christianity. All other religions say you climb the mountain. And if you get high enough, maybe God will show kindness to you. But Christianity says, we can't climb the mountain. We couldn't climb the mountain. We've tried. So God came to us through Jesus Christ and saved us and redeemed us and restored us. And we believe that by faith, but one day we will see it face to face, brothers and sisters. One day we will see our beloved face to face. Now by faith, now by symbol, but one day we will see the face of God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. Our beloved, when His people said, Turn! Come to Me! I am broken and ruined and stained. And He came because He cannot reject the call of His Beloved. And this is why we observe the Lord's Supper, is it not? To remember how the groom came to the bride. We remember in symbol of His body, in symbol of His blood, how the groom did most certainly hear the call of his bride, who did turn from the call of his bride, who did climb the mountains and come to her. We remember this today. We see our separation today, maybe. Maybe if you have drifted from communion with your Redeemer. We see where we have drifted and how far we have gone and how cold and dark the valley is, how flooded it is. We look up and we see the mountains today and we turn to our beloved. We turn to our Redeemer and we call out to Him, Come to me! I'm lost, I'm undone, I'm too weak, I'm too battered. And He comes. We come today to see our separation, we come today to turn to Him, asking Him to turn to us. And then we remember that He did. This reminds us that Jesus did turn. And He did come to us. And He did redeem us. And He does love us. 
And as I was talking to our dear brother here this morning, and he had opened Romans chapter 8, reminding us that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Today we partake in communion. And that is what God offers to us. He offers us fellowship. Fellowship with our Creator. Fellowship with our Redeemer. Fellowship with His Spirit. And I love as Jesus spoke those words that we have in the Gospel of Luke that we read earlier. I've always been amazed how Jesus said, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you. He was about to suffer. He was about to go to the cross. He was about to be put to death. His blood was about to be spilt. His back was about to be split open. And yet he said, I've desired to sit here in fellowship with you. Men that would deny him. Men that would turn him in and betray him. Men that would run when the soldiers came. Still, Jesus said, I want a fellowship with you. I want us to be around the table together. I want us to partake together. I love you. I've come to you. And as he said that night, I'm giving my body for you and my blood for you. Come and fellowship with me.